welcome to The Way of Godly Men, where our aim is to help men think deeply about masculinity, life, and culture from a Christian perspective. Welcome to The Way of Godly Men. Here's your host, Alex the Rebel, and again, with the pleasure of having Pastor Joe. Say hi, Pastor. Hi. <laughs> I like doing that kind of, I think that's going to be the bit. So anyways, I'm so excited. Um, we're here. We're going to be talking about, like I said, we're going to be talking about different subjects that I think are important and actually tie very closely to who Pastor Joe is and who I am and as men, as Christians, as, um, as husbands, as fathers, right? Tackling all these subjects. And since we're talking about godliness and we're talking about being a, a you know, a Christian, that's a huge aspect of our life. Today's topic, I wanted to start on, to start, you know, just understanding why and, and what's important about being a pastor. Because even me as a young man, that was such a thing that I wanted to become. You know, as soon as God saved me and I started reading scripture, you know, I, I had like, ooh, that that, that, that click in the head, like, oh, I could maybe be a pastor. My dad's a pastor, and, it, you know, preaching God's word seems very desirable and very important. So I thought it would be a very good way to start from the testimony, but also filling in those little gaps that we didn't cover, like being, him being a pa uh, church planter, a pastor, and filling in those things through conversation and to hopefully learn and grow and be edified by these conversations. So, I, he said he said hi already. So, <laughs> so to plug in from the the testimony, we want to fill in some of the gaps. So, one of the things that I picked up on, and in, in, if you guys heard the episode, he wanted to make it very clear that even though he planted a church, he is not, and I emphasize this, he is not a church planter. So I wanted to start there because. Especially if you're in any any kind of church uh, circle, you know, church planting is a big thing and it's a good thing. You know, we praise the Lord for it too. You know, it, it's a good uh, desire to have, I believe. We'll see what pastor thinks. But it's a good desire to have, you know, planting churches, right? Healthy churches and, and places where, so that people can congregate. But I wanted to know why, why was the, the sticky point on not being called the church planter and pastor and what, what he has to say about it. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that point of why you wanted to say you're you're not a church planter? Like what was the importance of that? Uh, I don't know if it was important. I'm just answering questions. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. So actually, let's do a clarification. Go ahead. If church planter is defined as one, whether a pastor and others, because there's always more than one person who plants a church. Mm -hmm. If a church planter is defined as those who have planted a church, then I'm a church planter. Right, okay. Okay, so obviously I didn't take the, that term in that way. Right. Uh, and I, I think I did mention, because I, you know, in laughing about it, uh, again, what's the what's what's the name of that that it's church? Plant? Acts twenty nine. Because I think years ago I was on online just to see, and they had this like questionnaire. Because they had, I, if I remember right, there was like a questionnaire, and you fill this out about who you are, et cetera, and, mm. and your gifts and your personalities, and 
and and I'm realizing if if I were had not planted a church and wanted to be in an organization and to to go plant a church, they would not accept me if I filled out that questionnaire. I just was not what they're looking for. So that's what I meant by that. Right. I I I I'm, I've always been aware of the lack of my gifts. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Type A personality. I'm not an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm not a go-getter in that in, in that kind of uh, a way. So. That's all I meant by a personality type that really has a drive to go plant a church. Right, okay. I mean, the Apostle Paul was a church planter. So, I mean, and what does that mean? He he went and he evangelized and he planted churches. And he may stay there for four months or two years and then gone. Right. And he plants another church and he plants another church. So, I guess definition is important on on what I meant by that. But I have, yeah, I, I was part of a church plant, and it is this church that I still pastor for right. for eighteen and a half years. Right. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make make sure you know, so that people understand, right? Like, because we know I do. I do believe in churches exactly just springing up exactly. that don't exist right now. Right. We constantly need Amen. more and more right. churches. All right. So here's the obvious question. So we're talking about pastor. What is a pastor? A shepherd. A shepherd. Shepherd takes care of sheep. Mm-hmm. And the main way he takes care of sheep in the New Testament is feeding them. Mm-hmm. Peter, feed my sheep. Feed them. Mm-hmm. And what you're feeding them is the Word of God. Right. And therefore, that makes you a teacher. It makes you being ready in season and out of season to encourage, to teach, to unfold, to correct, to protect sheep from false doctrine. Oh. And, the, and therefore, there's, there, there's one main source for that, and it is the Scripture. Right. Preach the Word. That's at the core of what shepherds are to do. Continually exposit and apply the written word of God to the people. Okay. Okay. Now, you can do that in such a way that that's not pastoral. Okay. There's people that can love doctrine. They can love the idea that they might have a gift to grasp grasp stuff and tell others, but they seem to say it in a way that they don't realize there's real human beings out there that they're talking to mm. with real lives, with real differing cultural and or experiential situations, and uh, that's not good. In other words, shepherds should be very sensitive to where real human beings are, not to change what they say, but maybe how they say it. Mm. So, so we define what a pastor is. You know, it, it's a shepherd, like you said, and is caring for your flock. Is is preaching, you know, the truth of the gospel, being faithful to Scripture, um, all for the glory of God, and and loving people, and remembering. Yeah, real you, people. You're speaking, you're, actually, you're preaching to real yeah, people. Real people. You're doing life. You're doing church family life with real people. Right. And no one is the same. And yeah. Right. Okay. So, outside of what you just said in, in scripture, you know, for Timothy, we got Titus that talks about the qualifications of an elder. Yes. Right. Are there other qualities that 
you know, because just that you would think it is helpful for someone like if I wanted to be a pastor, what other qualities or, or things I should really find important? Like, for instance, you should go to seminary. You get like things like that that are not in scripture, but it's very helpful if you want to be a pastor. Okay, well, now you really <laughs> that are not in scripture. Well, yeah, because going to seminary is not a spiritual. Well, then that's a, you're, what you're asking me is: Do I think that it, uh, one who wants to be a pastor should go to seminary? That's your question. Well, that's one. Yeah, it could be one of those. It's only one I heard. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, it, my 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 general answer is: Yeah. Why would you not? Okay. If you wanted to be a doctor, would you go to medical school? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you wanted to be a car mechanic. See, this this is where my analogy is going to change a little bit. Would you would you not go to uh, an automobile mechanic school? Well, maybe not. You might just have grown up and being mentored by it. Okay, mm-hmm. so there is there is another kind of a model. Uh, but in general, when it comes to biblical languages, church history, systematic theology, and uh, it just seems strange that one would not want the best education in areas that should be pertinent uh, to their pastoral ministry if, mm-hmm. if, if, if they end up being a pastor. It doesn't make any... It, in other words, where we live right now in our time, other yeah. than it's hard to find a seminary that you could probably trust anymore. Right. Okay, I wouldn't send anybody to the seminary that I got my uh, master's degree at. Okay. Uh, I would never send my kids if they wanted to go to seminary there. Right. You know, I have a kid who who may go on to seminary. He, he's a he's good. He, now he's a junior, yeah, in, in college. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, it's a thought I'm looking out there. Right. Places that haven't been infected with with dangerous right. theology, or like critical race theory. Right. Uh, and and thus to, to find a place where it is. Uh, really believes in the inerrancy of Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, really believes in the Holy Trinity, believes in the substitutionary sacrificial atonement of Christ, and He is the only uh, way. Uh, and I can go on and on. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so other than finding a place that is worthy of your time and your money, so, I did, so but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you should, but you know, in, in what most people find out in any field, Science, or the 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 arts, and particularly in theology and in biblical studies, is that if they went to seminary and they continue to love God, that was only the very beginning of their right, education. Right. right. But there's but 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 it, it can lay a foundation for life on 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 how to think and how to study and okay so yeah right so. There's going to be people listening in all different kind of backgrounds and all that. So just to clarify, so let's say there's a pastor right now listening, right? And they've been a pastor for 5, 10, 15 years. Yes. But they've never been to seminary. Right. Right? Like, um, you know, circumstance, but what have you. What would you say to them? Like, would you tell them to that they could still go online? You know what I'm saying? Or would you still encourage them to, like, maybe try if they could find it somehow, or or, or is it something that it, it, it depends on the person? 
because I know you could it could be you you could have a a, a general in like hey yeah yeah you know I know you're you're a pastor right you're a full time pastor but you know what there there's online courses now yes. for legit really good schools like maybe encourage would you encourage them yeah you should seek seminary or would you just say pray about you know what I'm saying how how would you like yeah I I, I would I every how many kids do they have. Uh, how busy is life or the kids in sports you're already pastoring uh, but here, the bottom line with anybody is you want to continue to grow okay. in your knowledge you want to continually be a better and better exegete of scripture if you're a pastor right? you, you, you want to be able to look at the Bible yourself to read it very carefully and slowly in its context to understand what it means. Right. Now you're ready to construct a, cons- a sermon. How are you going to preach what you understand and let them see what you understand? They Many people who can do that very well, they might not have ever had a formal education. So just so you understand, yeah. that's not my, my, my point. Yeah. Uh, but yes, if they feel, man, I, I'm deficient in church history, or mm. I don't know the biblical languages, then if you're already a pastor, why would you not? Okay want to know and to learn the biblical languages. Right. Why would you want to always be dependent on someone else to tell you some nuance of a clause in the syntax in the Greek as you're reading Paul? Why would you not want to be able to converse with them over that? Right. So, Yeah, because the reason I was pushing back was because especially my old upbringing my pentecostal days right almost all the pastors i know never been to seminary right and not not to say anything but it was just like it's not even in their wavelength right it, it really wasn't like me going you know i was there it was like i want to plan a church and that's it like be a pastor it was not let me go to seminary let me study let me so it just it's just a weird you well, know like and as we you know look that was my yeah when I, not my upbringing my, in other words when I became a Christian at age nineteen mm-hmm. and was in my first church from age twenty to age thirty that was that was the the model of Christianity mm. and and pastoral ministry I think I talked last time yeah. Almost no one, yeah, had any formal education, but there was a there was an idea of what Christianity was and what the church was and what pastoral ministry was that I've come to reject. Right. That produces that. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was it was based so much on on one's personality. It was based so much on the Holy Spirit told right. me. It was based on as I'm reading this, the Spirit told me what this meant. I call that foolishness. I mean, so mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to be as blunt as I can, yeah. but yeah. Fine. So help me. Yeah. So don't. No, that that's what I wanted to just to make sure that that you know whoever's hearing right to encourage them. Like, hey, if even if you never thought of it, it there's certain things like I like for instance, church history wasn't a thing in our brain, at least in mine. Of when I'm going to become a pastor, that's not a thing I need, quote unquote, need to know. Right, so it's just I'm just encouraging because like, that's why I'm pushing back because there's a lot of things that we don't even think about, at least in my upbringing, that is not emphasized. Like this is important, like to understand why we are where we're at, right, in the trajectory of what we had to go through as a church body, right. So that's the, that's the kind of thing. That's why I'm pushing back to like 
for those who are listening, just to like, yeah. hey, maybe be encouraging. Look, yeah, they you know? can't see. I look, I got a Bible in my hand right here, right? And, mm-hmm. and I'm a pastor of a church. It didn't jump from the first century to the 21st century. Right. I mean, that's literally first 10 years of my Christianity. That's pretty much how it same, fell. Same here. And not just church history, but more particularly theological right. history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there have been many debates within the church that have been fought, and to understand differing positions of those theological debates, be, you know, becomes pretty darn important. Is it instead of thinking that you're creating, you know, out of nothing right. all, all all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and and not only that. Uh, Ultimately, for all of us Christians, yeah, look at your Bible yourself. Read it. Mm. Now, don't shut your ears to others who are looking at it and reading it. They may be your friend who you're sitting across in the living room, or they might be a dead person, Mm -hmm. like Augustine, you know, who's been dead for over 1,700 years or 1,600 years now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or, 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 Or Luther or Edwards. Okay. So they're all in the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm, I would just cut, because I just know from my background, like I didn't think about these things. It wasn't in the forefront of my brain. It was just like, oh, this place is, you know, this city needs a church. Let's plant, right? Let's let's get up and, and let the Holy Spirit move and, right? And, and I'm just saying, in the last over these ten years, wow, over ten years that I've been. Um, God has been changing me in my my thinking and my theology. I have noticed how much there's so much more that's so much important that to that you could bring into your life so that you can give to your people, right? So it was like before, it was just Holy Spirit power and Bible, right? And 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 that was it. You well, know, the Bible part was questionable, that's, right? And that's, exactly, that's the problem. See, I have I would you know you're the one that's bringing up formal academic settings like yeah. seminary but look if someone knows how to read their bible in its context well and they're gifted to teach it and they're called to do that in the context of being an elder a pastor in a local church praise god mm-hmm. praise god the, and, and and so i have no that's the issue right okay look i mean that's the main issue and if you're at a place where you don't think you have any room to grow or to be better mm. at it, well, then don't worry about it. Mm. Oh, you might have another problem. Gotcha. If, right, if, right. You, th- good. if you think that. That's good. So, Right, because like you said, there's always room to grow. That's your point. Like we all, We're always learning. And we're growing and understanding the Bible more, the Holy getting into the relationship with Jesus more intimately. Right, And then those are things that are exposed about us as well. Yeah. So... There's always working, and I I, I, would, I like how you did that. All right, so there's a quote that I have that I, it was like, it hit me so hard when I heard it a few years ago because I'm like, when I was going to be a pastor, this was so my, kind of my thing, which is to, lo- to love to preach is one thing. To love those to whom we preach, quite another. That's from Martin Luther Jones. So... The reason that hit me was because I remember when I was thinking about me, again, me being a pastor, I was, it was all about the preaching aspect. It was all about the ministering aspect. It was all about that aspect. And it's like, I didn't take into account, like, whatever I'm preaching, there's people listening to me and that God has given me, right? Like, my, they're resp- I'm responsible for them. 
I need to be careful because of what James, even James, how he talks about, you know, the, the, the teacher, there's a stricter, right? It, so if you want to be a teacher, like what you're teaching, you better be really, really trying to preach accurately and as close as to the thing because it's a damnable thing, right? Being, being loose with the scripture and you're just teaching whatever you want. There are souls listening to you. There are real people listening to you. What you're saying is saying, oh, if Pastor Joe says it, or quote-unquote Pastor Alex says it, then it must be true. So I never really took, like, I never really thought of that until, like, way later. Because before it was just, oh, preaching, right? Oh, I love preaching. So talk about that, that, that aspect, that burning part, because it's so true. We, you know, you're, you study the scripture so that when you preach, you're giving an account of what you believe to be true, what you believe to be biblical, because you want them, the soul that you're caring for, to grow in Christ, to know Christ, to love Christ, to live it out faithfully, right? So if we're teaching false doctrines, because we're not even putting that time, then, you know, this, just talk about that burning. How does that, you know, like, I, I think a lot of pastors or preachers, at least when I was, we don't take that part into account, like, what I'm teaching, some people are just going to take it as like law. Oh, wow. Pastor Joe said it? Oh, I'm just going to take it and just talk about that burden like that comes with being a preacher of the word. Well, obviously, if what you said is true, many don't feel that burden because mm. they probably don't believe that God cares as much as you think he cares about what shepherds are feeding the mm. sheep. But God cares mm. whether one believes it or feels it or not. And there is a judgment day coming. Right. So when you say burden, it's there's an appropriate there's appropriate fear of mm. God. And, and I hope that I never lose it. Right. And that is when I get up and preach, and actually I, I put it this way, I put it this way when I wrote my spiritual bi autobiography. It's as if without saying it in words, I am implicitly saying, congregation, judge me. Mm. Judge the next 45 to 60 minutes of whether I have accurately represented the text right. of Scripture. Pastors, biblical teachers, shepherds, we are conduits. We're not the origin mm. of truth. No. God's the origin of truth through the conduits He used in the numerous writers of Holy Scripture. We have to take careful consideration on what we are going to say. Mm -hmm. That's a fearful thing. Yeah. And, but not an overwhelmingly paralyzing thing if you have learned to read well. Right. The, anything, including the Bible. 
and therefore do your due diligence. Let me let me just make one more thing. It might connect to where you wanted or, or, or asking me earlier. Look, the most important courses I took in undergraduate, and I was a, uh, my bachelor's was in biblical studies, uh, was was particularly New Testament theology, but then Greek and Hebrew. Two and a half years of Hebrew, three years of Greek. By far the most important. Mm. And I, if you asked me why in, in, in Western society, the richest country in the history of the world, educational systems, look, if you're in, I don't, look, you're going to go plant a church in some village, you know what? They're going to have to be pastors raised up there and God will use it. Mm-hmm. But, but for me, I am so aware when uh, I, I open up the Bible and I read a text thinking, what in the world? That's complex. Mm. So, for instance, when, when we do a, you know, since this last year, I've been doing inductive Bible study on, on Zoom. So, hey, you don't have to drive it through that. And we just look mm-hmm. at the Bible. I do zero preparation. And we've been going through a real easy book of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, called Romans. Oh, yeah. Super easy. <laughs> and so <laughs> the, there are places there, okay, and it's like, oh, man, of course I've read it many, 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 mm-hmm. many, many times before. And all of a sudden, here, no, but let's read it together and what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Okay, well, no, I don't, I don't think Paul can mean that, and here's why. And this is what we do. Okay, so I come away sometimes enlightened by what someone, oh, gosh, I wouldn't have seen that. Maybe that's true. Hmm. But most of the time, if you said, Joe, now go preach that text to someone, you're out of your mind. I ain't standing out preaching that right now. I right. ain't ready. Gotcha. I have not come to a conclusion yet. Hmm. So, now, ultimately, when it comes to, to uh, Greek, for instance, because the New Testament's written in Greek, mm-hmm. that if, I, if I were utterly dependent on someone else's interpretation, which all translation is... Right. I know there's an insecurity. I'm thinking, I think that's probably what it means. But, And there's something about that that would take away uh, something I think is valuable for all preachers. You know, this is clear. Mm. This is what he's saying. Right. And if I'm convinced of that before God in my own private life, and I will be judged mm-hmm. as a teacher then I could say that in an authoritative way, in a way that I could at least I couldn't, because I know my conscience. Right. It's like I can't pretend that I, I really, really believe this, and I want to press it upon the consciences of the members of the church or any unbelievers that are there. I couldn't do that if I was still unsure mm. about uh, what the apostle meant in, in this passage right here. Or that passage. So for me, there's a process to come to to say, I'm utterly convinced. And Mm. therefore, I can easily say, thus saith the Lord. And and then, of course, in preaching, show them, show them, look at your own Bible. This is why... I've I've come to to, to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now look, there are times when I will uh, when I will preach, and, and I cannot. You know what? This could mean two or three things right here. Here here are the two, or here are the three, and there not there's nothing in the language, grammatically or the context, that is ultimately decisive, and nothing larger than that. Because all are theologically, you know, throughout the Scripture as a whole, 
accurate. Right. But it, but but which one does he mean? And so I would be honest. When right. I come to those places, I have not made a decision. But okay. So, but in general, to preach authoritatively, okay, and not just to teach and oh, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It. This means such and such. Right. Therefore, dear believer, pay attention. Right. Walk this way. You can hear the imperatives there. So for for me, it's it's like to to uh, to come to a solid conviction. And does and, and look, I am positive. I've had convictions that have been wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Human. Don't take that lightly, though. Yeah. But I'm talking about a disposition to come to the pulpit uh, and to say, thus saith the Lord. It's like, uh, what did he really say? It's an yeah. important... It, so th- 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 I, I don't know how I would get there, uh, particularly in, in, in the New Testament, uh, w- without reading it in the original and coming to conclusions. Right, and I think what's super helpful, you know, because again, in... in where I come from, it was almost like heresy to question what the pastor said. It was almost like, you can't do that, right? And I remember when I first heard about the Bereans, right? And then I remember in Calvary Chapel, you know, the pastor was preaching in... Wait, you didn't have the Book of Acts growing up? No, no, no. But I'm just saying... How did you not hear about the Bereans? No, like exposed to what they were. Like, you know, I've heard of them, but it was like, it wasn't really practice to encourage your members, like... Test what I'm teaching, right? I remember in in one sermon in Calvary, I heard that I was like, "Look, this is what I believe," right? And he he laid out some stuff. He goes, "But I encourage you to go to Scripture, you know, read, and if you have questions, come and all this stuff." And I'm thinking, this was different. It is very different. It was very different because it was like, yes, they believe what they're saying, but they want to put also responsibility on you as, as a human being, as a Christian, to do your due diligence and to read scripture, to dig, to do some research, and then to dialogue on why you see it this way, why not? And I just thought that was very helpful when you come into a context like that where the, yeah, he is the pastor, but it's not like, if you have a question or, Pastor, I never heard of it like this, or that I, I feel comfortable enough to go, hey, Pastor Joe, I thought this text was meaning more this and that, and we can have that dialogue. Whereas before, there, there was a lot of pastors that growing up, that had, they were, you could not do that. It was almost like if you're questioning them and the knowledge that God gave them, whatever, were revealed, whatever. So there was never that comfortability, but I remember it was such so refreshing to me. To be able to hear preaching, look in the Bible, and if I have like a question or concern, he's open to having that, and that, that's just huge well, for me. Well, look, it's 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 a massive difference in the Christianity. Mm-hmm. I was part of that. You were part of that, and it is simply this: there's there's this whether and it oftentimes it is stated, but it is certainly implicit in those kinds of churches that we came out of where the ultimate authority rests here in the anointed one, mm-hmm. the pastor. That's yeah. it. That, that's where to rest. And it's a, that, that's almost, when it comes to the theology of the church, the theology of preaching, almost just a totally different religion right. than where I'm coming from now. The ultimate authority does not rest right. in the pastor mm-hmm. or in the preacher or in the teacher, the elders. It rests in the Scripture. 
Amen. And the scripture is to be understood in its context. Mm -hmm. There is meaning that was placed there by the Holy Spirit's supervision that the intended authors penned. That's it. Mm -hmm. And the implicit doctrine of churches that you and I have come out of is that no one's going to deny the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're going to open the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're going to use the Bible. But it's it's like if, you, if you're looking at the Bible and then now they're preaching a sermon from this so-called text, if you're a thinking person, you're often wondering, where did they get that? <laughs> Yeah, because oh, yeah. that's not there. Yeah. Because many of these people, I've even heard a person in a, a church meeting I was at once say this: the meaning and the the jewels and the nuggets of the scripture are not there on the surface of the page. Oh wow! They're deep down, and the Holy Spirit's anointing right. reveals those meanings to us. Right. Yeah. And, and so th- that's almost a whole different. Yeah, really is. Religion. So, so that's, so, what, yeah, that's why it was so encouraging to me when I started like, wow, okay, I, I like to read the Bible. And there was, like you said, there was experiences I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, it doesn't connect to me. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. What, but I'm, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't even think about going up to them and asking them why they, they interpreted that way or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's, that's very encouraging, and I do think if you're in a church where that is encouraged, that is a very healthy thing, very biblical thing, you know? So I think it's every, great. Let me just make it Every member of a church should always feel free yeah. to challenge in a right spirit mm-hmm. any conclusions or commands or expectations that their pastor or their preacher has delivered, he is always ultimately accountable to the Mm, text. The text is over the elders and the pastors. Period. Okay, now again, in the spirit in which one does it. Right, right. Yes. Very important. Thank you so much for listening to The Way of Godly Men. We really appreciate it, and we hope that you were blessed by the conversation. If you have any questions or you have any comments, you could just email us at thewayofgodlymen.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.